I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast of choice here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stump. His name is Jared Bruzard. Jared, how are you doing, man? Alex, I'm pretty good, but I think of all people outside of Rain Delay Theater, you've had a pretty good week. You are newly verified and legit on the Twitter. You know what? I never have to worry about not Alex J. Stump coming up with these horrible analytics pieces that are all about you know babbitt and pitcher wins you know having that float out there listen i'm not going to take any credit for this but i am going to take a lot of the credit when alex and i started our podcast alex was like in the hundreds of followers you know just building up his brand now he's fully verified alex is the man not everybody can say that in pittsburgh and especially on the on the pirates beat but alex is a legend among us we are all honored <laughs> now Let's get back to some people that we need to, to talk about. If you're a roller coaster in Altoona, you need, to be, you need to be afraid and you need to be very afraid because balls are coming at you at an alarming rate. Just, as, just 20 minutes before Alex and I got on, uh, got on our talk together to record this, O'Neill Cruz crushed the coaster again. This is an absurd week for the coaster. It's getting a lot of publicity. Rodolfo Castro has gone four games in a row. <laughs> or up until uh, Friday night's recording of this, four games in a row with a homer. The balls are flying at the coaster. It's dangerous. Alex, what does that make you think? What, what are you thinking of that? You know what? I, it, it's the segment I pitched. You know, the idea just to overarch it, because I look at so many of these talented players in Altoona, and it's like, yeah, let's just get them to Indianapolis at this point. It, it's time. It's time for so many of these players, especially Cruz, Castro, and Contreras. The three C's all need to go up to Indianapolis. I, I mean, the Contreras, Contreras is the easiest one on just because I have been advocating it since I saw him pull the string against Audi Rashman in that first start of the season against Bowie. And it's like, Oh my God, this is a man among boys right now. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Send him to Indianapolis. Castro, like you said, is just absolutely crushing the ball. And he's actually been in the major leagues. I know that was very much, you know, because he was on the 40 man, it was a matter of circumstance. Feels weird. He's going full out of my eyes to being a double A after being in the major leagues. And then, I mean, O'Neill Cruz. It's time. It's time to push to the development. We've seen better swing decisions from him this year. We have seen a more mature approach. We're seeing him not be afraid to go to the opposite field. And that doesn't mean that he's, you know, selling out the power. He still has power to the opposite field. This is a strong, strong, strong man. He has power to all fields. And now that he's not trying to just 
pull. He's having better swing decisions. These three guys, Jared, I hate to do this to you because, you know, this is your bread and butter beat right here, but you shouldn't be covering these guys anymore. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, listen, Contreras struggled a little bit the other night uh, when he pitched on Tuesday, but he worked through it. And, you know, it's, it's a situation where you saw the adversity, you saw how he handled the adversity. Tuesday was an incredibly human night. Moisture was in the air. Say what you want about that. But it, I mean, I don't think that Contreras has anything more to, to, to prove. No. Um, Cruz, you talked about it. His plate discipline is out of, has been superb this year. He's, he's hitting the ball to hitting the ball off the plate. He's hitting the ball to the pull side really well. He's listen, you can say what you want about whether he's a shortstop, whether he's out an outfielder and until you're purple in the face. The, the fact of the matter is right now, O'Neill Cruz is a shortstop. Now, do I think that he is going, he should be in the, he could get to the majors as an outfielder. Yes. But, but right now he's a shortstop and right now he's playing in a position really well. You know, you look at the errors and it's going to happen. Okay. You know, some of those might be his fault. You have to kind of break them down throw by throw fielding by fielding or play by play. But those guys and, and Castro now is just absolutely raking. He's hitting over 300 Cruz is fastly approaching 300. They don't, I mean, is it a log jam triple a, but what's keeping them from getting up there? Because there's only so much you can do against this terrible in against this terrible Eastern league, uh, or I'm sorry, double a Northwest <laughs> league baseball or Northeast or however you want to say it. Yeah. Whatever. What is it now? It's like double a North East. Double West. a North dog, oh, man. Double a Northwest South. Listen, it, it's, ugly. it's not good. That's, that's, that's the short version of it all. The Eastern league was the original, uh, the OG, but right. Yes. I mean, listen the the eastern league is not good this year double a is at this level right now is not the greatest i mean you look if you just take a look at the standings it like one side is is doing great one side is doing not so great and that is what it is but those those guys need to be in triple a they need to be moved up the ladder because what else is there to prove in double a uh because it's there's just nothing left to, to prove they're hitting the ball the way they need to hit it they're fielding the ball the way they need to field it uh, they're pitching the ball the way that they need to pitch it. I am going to list right now the position players that are active for the Indianapolis Indians at this moment. Okay. Catchers, Christian Betancourt, Jason DeLay, Joe Hudson. Jared, are you in love with any of those guys? Yes or no? No. Infielders, Will Craig, Hunter Owen, Ethan Paul, TJ Rivera, Cole Tucker, let's hold on to hope for Tucker. But besides that, anyone there, you know, you, you're in love with anymore. Again, those guys should not be taking innings away from Cruz Castro or Contreras outfielders, Anthony Alford, I guess Fowler's on the injured list. My mistake, Kevin Kramer, blind Madris, all of us on the injured list, Chris Sharp, Troy Stokes, Jr., we've seen half of those people have been designated for assignment. I mean, all of us hurt. I look at this position player group. Now that Swaggerty out for the year because he had the surgery on his dislocated shoulder. I look at this group and I see Jared Oliva and Cole Tucker. And if none of them have another major league at bat besides that, 
I, I mean, I, I, I like Hunter Owen, but I'm, I'm not, you know, banging the tables. I think his ceiling is like a Jose Osuna. Well, Craig, the rose is off that bloom. I mean, people yeah. were like, what, what's so wrong with Will Craig? Why is he in the minor leagues? And then he comes up and people are like, oh, okay. That's why he was in the minor leagues. The 47 outfielders, the first three outfielders they have listed are Alfred Fowler and Kramer, all of whom have been designated for assignment Oof. in the not so distant past. So, I mean, Stokes has been designated for assignment this year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, listen, uh, Cruz's fastest way to the majors, whether the Pirates want to do this or not, is through the outfield. Yes. And listen, he's going to make mistakes. Learning the outfield on the fly is not easy. Learning to read fly balls, learning to adjust the fly balls, not easy. The hitting part, it's kind of like the reverse of Cabrian Hayes, right? Cabrian Hayes is the, the biggest thing when people, when he was coming up is the, will the bat play? The glove was excellent. The glove has always been great for Cabrian Hayes, but it was always the bat. Will the bat play? Why is, what is the bat going to catch up to the glove? Well, it has now for Cruz. It's kind of the opposite. The bat is playing. Now, the glove, wherever you put him, is that going to catch up to it? Because Cruz can hit the ball. And I think he's going to be an excellent major league hitter when he gets to that level. The biggest thing is, when's he going to get there? Because at shortstop, there's a log jam. At, in the outfield, listen, he could probably play by August at this rate. Like, and, that's, and that's the way that it is. I mean, I, you, if I'm the Pirates and I'm not, but you have to give him a shot in the outfield. I know they, they talk about it. And it, this is a, kind of like the oldest conversation in the minor leagues this year. It's O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. Well, yes, he might be a shortstop, but right now the quickest way for him to get to the to the to to major league baseball is via the outfield. That's his fast. That's the express lane. Anybody, honestly, that can confidently play the outfield should be on the express lane to um, to the majors at this point for the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you asked Miguel Perez this in. Uh, Altoona, like, is is O'Neill Cruz getting reps in the outfield? And he said no. And we can talk, you know, the merits of him being a shortstop or not. Let's let's not go down that path. I don't like that he's not even getting reps because in spring training they started. Ben Charrington has acknowledged that O'Neill Cruz is not the type of player who's only going to stick at one position like like Hayes did. Yeah. So why is he not getting any reps in the outfield? Jared, I mean this not so much. I, I we get these comments every once in a while with prospects, but people who don't know how the process works and stuff like that, and there is absolutely zero chance of this happening. But whenever I go down to Washington D.C. on Monday to cover that series, if I see O'Neill Cruz starting in right field for the Pirates, that yes, do that. O'Neill Cruz is. Definitely got the highest ceiling out of anyone who's even really considered a potential outfield prospect at the moment or anyone in the upper parts of the system with the exception of Brian Reynolds. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, listen, you can't sit here and tell me that O'Neill Cruz isn't better than Philip Evans. You can't sit here and tell me that, you know, honestly, could he play a more competent right field than Gregory Polanco? Maybe. You're not going to say no to obviously what the Pirates are paying Polanco, but listen, what's, what's it hurt? I, I mean, obviously they don't want to stunt their development. They're going to take their time, but this is Cruz's essentially the second half of his season, his first season in double a, right. He was there in 2019 for the last half of the year, last quarter of the year. Now he's, <laughs> there's nothing left for him to prove. Put him, put him in triple a, get him some outfield reps, and see what he does. What's the worst that can happen 
Gregory Polanco trips and falls over a ball. Well, O'Neill Cruz could do that too and do it with style and do it at the plate. Like, I mean, what, what is left? What, why is that not the case? I mean, Castro has played the majors this year. Yeah. So, I mean, again, and he's versatile and don't make decisions based off of what the AAA roster needs positionally, but they could use a little versatility in that group. Yeah, no, absolutely. Any, anybody that plays confident and a heads up baseball, which is something the Pirates are struggling at mightily this year. Um, and then Contreras is Contreras. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what their plan really is because he's got to, I would imagine he's got to get to a certain innings limit. I know that when I had talked to him one-on-one a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned getting to 200 innings, whether it's between Altoona and Indianapolis or Altoona or, or however you want to split it up. So I'm interested to see what their plan of attack is for him and whether they're still sticking with that plan, because uh, let's be real. He's ready to go to AAA too. <laughs> like, so yep. what's the holdup? Why are these guys not, why are they still here? You know what, Jerk? This isn't insider infield, Bo. This is just reading tea leaves right now. I can't imagine the trio is going to be at Altoona much longer. Someone, someone's going to have to come up at some point fairly soon. Oh, absolutely. And listen, <laughs> as they should. Because they deserve, they listen. They could go up tomorrow, and it would be great. And yeah. and they would, I think they would have success, and I think they would have immediate success. I think they can all handle it. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break. Whenever we come back, we gotta talk about the upcoming draft and maybe a change that some people weren't prepared for. With I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Young Bucks here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Jared Kluger. I'm Alex Stump. Jared, I, I, I feel like I, you know, for so long, we've heard the names Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter. And I feel like I might have caused a little culture shock with my last Friday Insider by saying it's probably going to be a position player, guys. And probably a high school position player at that, because out of the four names that they're, from what I have gathered, what Jim Callis of MLB.com, the draft guru, the number one guy, he says it's for. So, and it's basically falling with what I've heard. So I, I have to imagine that Marcelo Mayer, Jordan Lawler, Khalil Watson, all high school shortstops, or catcher Henry Davis from Louisville are going to be the first overall pick one of the four of them at this point not lighter not rocker that's a surprise to a lot of people jared i know whoa wow um let me just pick my job off the floor um i mean the biggest thing what's the pirate as an organization what's what do the pirates need do they need another arm i i mean you can never have too much pitching but the pirates are in a good position as far as pitchers go if they can maintain their health okay 
I mean, you throw a shortstop, a high school shortstop can essentially play outfield or infield at the next level if they're that good, if they're that athletic enough. Um, and then obviously catcher. Um, you, you mentioned catcher there. <laughs> the Pirates have uh, little to no prospects above One. double A, above double, above single A. Oh, okay, yeah. As yeah. far as as far as they go, as far as catchers go, and Jacob Solomon is not getting any younger. Um, Michael Perez, who some confused as Miguel Perez um, the other day <laughs> uh, on the Twitter, um, it, it was not going to be the, 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 an issue. I mean, obviously you have then you have Jason Delay, Arden Paps, and a couple other guys throughout the organization, but none of them are top-notch prospects. They are serviceable. They are good for what they are in, in, are supposed to do. But, I mean, you have to go to a position player, I think, if you're the Pirates. You know, to answer your first question, what do the Pirates need? I'm going to answer it point blank, Jared. They need good players from this draft, not just 1-1. One, one. They need as many good players as possible. They need impact people. We just saw the Dodgers come to town. And they have Gavin Lux batting eighth. They have Gavin Lux only in the starting lineup because Corey Seager, another guy that they developed through the farm system, is hurt. That is what the Pirates need. Where would Gavin Lux bat on this team? The Pirates have a good one through three, one through four if Moran's in the mix, but it is not. It is not a deep position player core and whatever we see someone like Hayes get hurt or someone like Moran get hurt or even Philip Evans someone who coming into this year was a utility journeyman get hurt how much it hurts the entire lineup this organization needs as much talented as as possible and not just lineup talent just top to bottom and that's what the goal is for the Pirates Ben Charrington told me that they were going to spend every dollar out of that draft bonus pool that they can, which is going to be north of $15 million once you get that 5% bonus in there. It's, it's going to be who the best player is available. And I'll read the insider, not to give it away because it's premium content and you should be subscribed anyway to the site if you're, if you're listening to this anyway. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little biased, but I think the baseball reporting there is pretty good. I would have to, <laughs> I'd have to agree, especially with the minors. Um, but yeah. no, listen, you have to go out and get the uh, best but, available, get the best available yes. athlete yes, and get the best available guy. That's going to make a difference in your organization. Can rocker and lighter do that? Yes. However, they only play once every five days. You got to get out there and get a guy that goes out there every day and can make an impact. And can some of those guys do it? We don't know. Development in baseball is, is a crapshoot. Um, but you have to go out and get the best available. And if you're, especially at number one, I mean, Listen, the Pirates have pitching in an organization, and we'll get to this here in, later in the show, uh, especially in Greensboro, but the, de- the pitching depth, but it's organizational depth at, in the field. I mean, like you mentioned, the Pirates were awful when those guys got hurt. I mean, you just – you have to have backup plans because in, in sports, and I talk about this as a coach all the time, it's not necessarily about your ones and twos. It's about your threes and fours. Now, that's a football reference, but that quality depth goes a long way. Listen – Corey Seager hits the bench and hits the IL or whatever. And Gavin Lux is the guy that they bring up. It's in the lineup. Like that's, that's called quality depth. Now, do the Pirates have that type of money, that type of organization? No, not yet. But they can get to a point where they have that quality depth, where they're pulling a guy that can hit the ball and field the ball and is a five-tool player off the bench. Yeah. 
We're going to, we're starting to see it. We'll, we'll talk about the pitching whenever we get there. Um, I know everyone it's been over. It's been literally over. The, the come on rocker meme started whenever the pirates were like two weeks into last season, you know, if it wasn't him, Oh, it was going to be Jack ladder, you know, who's, you know, maybe a little, one of the things Sherrington told me that the pirates really value out of college pitching, especially right now where they are so mindful of how many innings pitchers throw and how valuable it is, is did this guy make all his starts? And yeah, he missed, everyone missed a year. That's just information that's off the board. We don't know. But someone like Leiter didn't hold up the whole year. He needed to unplug at one point. And, you know, he wasn't as dominant the second half of the year as he was the first. That's, you can't ignore that. Rocker wasn't the greatest all year. I mean, I no. thought I thought Leiter was probably the better of the two, but Rocker surprised me. I mean, he was still very good. The SEC is premier as far yes. as college baseball goes. So you're going out there every weekend and you're playing the best of the best. But neither one of that. I mean, Leiter impressed me at the beginning of the year, but you're right. He did tail off. Rocker got rocked a little bit. I mean, it was just it was kind of rocky, uh, pun intended, for him. So I mean, he, and when you're in high school, obviously you want to. I, in my opinion, you avoid high school arms. I think that's dangerous, um, to an extent. But if you can go out and get a high school position player that you can kind of develop, I think that's huge. I think that's very important. And and honestly, if you have a quality catcher, sign me up because they need some guy. And and, and now you, when we talk about not, catchers, you have to be able to get away from their draft pick, Reese McGuire. Like sometimes, you know, you, you base you draft based on organizational need, and you put get a lot of expectations placed on you because of your draft slot. So you have to be mindful of that as well. But I think the Pirates, if they go out and get a catcher, I think that's a very good option for them to have down the line. Drafting based on organizational need is how you end up getting Daniel Moscos. Ooh, ooh that's a throwback. I mean, whenever you, whenever you base your draft off of organizational need or this guy will be up in the major leagues soonest, that's whenever you end up screwing up picks. No, it has to be who is the best player on the board, regardless of position, whatever. This organization is not at a point where they can be picky. Even if they got this unbelievable third base prospect, well, guess what? They're probably going to first base. You can find a way around it. Or if you really can't, you trade him for someone who can benefit your club elsewhere, like the Padres did this entire offseason. No, and that's a very good point because if you're if you're drafting based on organizational need right now, that guy better be able to play Major League Baseball the day after the draft. If he can't, then first of all, you're doing it wrong. So you have to go best available. You have to go with who's going to help your organization immediately and down the line. And baseball is not a football or a basketball where you get drafted and you're immediately expected to go in and be an impact player. No, you have to go up the ranks, you have to go up the ladder, and you have to develop. It's not learning on the fly, it's developing. And, and the Pirates, I think, are being very uh, cognizant of that, and I think that's huge too. I mean, you, obviously they don't want to rush anybody, um, as we're seeing, like we talked about in the first segment. But, I mean, you go out and get the best available, and you live with the, live with the chances. We're going to take one more break. Whenever we come back, this place is hopping. 
And welcome back to one more segment here of Young Bucks. Jared, you're transported to one, one affiliate right now. Where are you going? Oh, this is a good one. I'm going to hop my way down to Greensboro. I had to get that in there, Alex. Yeah. He was mad that I got it in before the commercial break. <laughs> I, listen, if there's anybody that's good at puns around this part of this podcast, it's me. Um, however, I'll allow Alex to have his moment of fame as he is the legitest of the two of us now. My, my Twitter verification was denied, as always, I'm sure. But, so Alex, what's going on in Greensboro? What's in the water down there that's making their pitchers dominate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really, really exciting group at the moment. I mean, let, let, let's just talk about who they got down there, how they're doing. Carmen Majinski, first rounder last year, has a 0.55 ERA. Is that good, Alex? Can you tell that's, me that's, that's pretty good? good? With 25 strikeouts, stuff's really playing. Michael Burroughs, 172 ERA, 38 strikeouts. I have talked a lot about this kid and the spin rates and just how much his pitches move. And you know what? Now that he's hitting the zone a little more effectively and he's using all parts of the strike zone with his fastball, not just the lower half, this is basically what I, I expected out of him. Now, before you go on to anybody this. else, Burroughs isn't a guy that was invited to the alt site last year. So this is a guy that's worked on this primarily on his own. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote a mound visit about this in October or November, one of the two, either late October, early November. He really focused on getting his spin efficiencies up, get more movement on his pitches. His velocity is up. There are just a lot of things that you want to see from a guy like him. You know, after, you know, like you said, he missed the alternate side. He's been away from competitive baseball for a year. And man, he is just absolutely on a tear right now. Hit on another one, Brex Nashcraft, Portimer second rounder. You know, he's doing pretty well. Tanaj Thomas also doing pretty well. Omar, or Omar Cruz, you know, came over in the Joe Musgrove trade. I'm, I'm not the highest guy on him, but 31 strikeouts in five games that plays. Jared, there's a very real possibility. I know results aren't everything, especially in the minor leagues, but you know which pitcher in Greensboro has the worst results. His name is Quinn Priester. <laughs> That's crazy. Who, by the way, is doing a lot better after like a shaky start in the year? I mean, that's obviously pitching. We talked about this throughout the podcast today is quality depth. And they have that at the pitching position. Um, obviously, it's high A. I want to say it's high A East baseball. Uh, if we're getting, <laughs> at least it's not the NHL where they have sponsors for every level. But hey, if Rob Manfred wants to grow the game, maybe that's possible. Um, I'm sure he won't do anything that's going to help do that. But, um, but that's, that's huge. I mean, you, and this is a team that does not have their star player either. Their star position player, like they're winning games. They're having, it looks like they're having a lot of fun doing it with a dominant pitching staff. They don't have Nick Gonzalez. They don't have that guy. And that's, if you can get up and get up, get those guys the way that they're throwing every game, that's huge. Not only for development purposes, but also for the team too. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a very special group of pitchers. Not all of them are going to hit. Obviously some of them might have to go to the bullpen, but Jared, some of them, a lot of them are going to hit Altuna. I feel like before the end of the year. So you enjoy that. I, listen, because I know the three guys we talked about in the first segment are going to be here. Listen, if we can get those guys to come up instead, 
I think that's a fair trade-off. But uh, uh, like we said, it's that quality depth. It's that quality pitching, and that's that's what the Pirates need. I mean, will these guys plan, pan out? I don't know. We don't know yet. That's the beauty of minor league baseball is you just, you know, you never know. I mean, you could have a Stetson Ali got type that's, um, that mashes the ball, then turns into a pitcher. Or, you know, even a Will Craig, who was a, who was a third baseman, had to turn to a first baseman, and he even pitched in college. So, I mean, it, it, minor league baseball and the development process is so unique and so fascinating because, I mean, let's take a look at this compared to the NFL. I, you know you're a quarterback. You just know. You don't have these guys. If I'm drafted number one overall as a quarterback, I'm playing the quarterback position. Here you're drafted number one overall. All right, I'm a, I'm a pitcher. Well, maybe, I'm, maybe I don't pan out as a pitcher, but I can, hit, I can hit or vice versa. I can hit, but I can throw. I just don't know where it's going. So that's the beauty in, in that. And if, they, if the Pirates can develop that quality depth at the pitching position, that's a good problem to have. Jared, you – I, I am so tempted to make a Tim Tebow joke because you <laughs> drafted as a quarterback in the first round. You're definitely going to be a quarterback forever. Well, until your college head coach gets a head coaching position in the NFL and needs a tight end. They don't really need Tim Tebow just needs. He's a former minor league. Great. Thank you. Great. Irony. There's a cruel, there's cool sarcasm there, but <laughs> He did listen. I, I will give Tim Tebow credit. I am a big Tim Tebow fan. I must admit, uh, and I'm very disappointed that when he was with the Rumble Ponies, he broke his handmade phone right before playing Altoona. Uh, he made that transition. It wasn't. It's definitely not an easy transition, but he did have a decent amount of success for a guy that's a football player, essentially. However, yeah, yeah. better than Michael Jordan, I guess you could say. Well, there's that too. But no Space Jam, so therefore worse. No, I, I don't think Tim Tebow would be the Space Jam type. <laughs> but, um, but no, I'm excited to see these arms. I mean, obviously, it's early. It's still early in the season. They're about 30 games in, a little over, a little over 30 games. Um, so, I mean, it, it's important to realize that it's still the hitters are still trying to catch up because there are a lot of guys in, in single A ball that were not in alt sites. So it, it's different. They're just trying to adjust on a fly. Things are happening. You're finally back to playing baseball every day, except for Mondays. So there's a lot that can still happen, but the early success I think is huge. Jared, any last words or final thoughts? That sounds a little less ominous. <laughs> <laughs> any last words, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I think Tim Tebow is going to make the Jaguars out of camp. Oh, sorry. This is uh, this is a prospect podcast. Um, I'm very excited to see, I'm excited to see Quinn Priester continue to develop. And we talk about adversity all the time with, um, with Contreras. Priester's getting this adversity, and now we're seeing what he's able to do. And I think that's huge. And, and battling back and getting to that level is ultimately um, exactly what the doctor orders for development. For Jared Pugar, I'm Alex Stump. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to this, I mean, come on. Come on. I, I don't. I'm out of jokes of saying why you should subscribe. I'll I'll drop up some more for next week, but come on, just do it for me. And, and listen, we, we not only did we bring up O'Neill Cruz, Quinn Priester, um, even a Brian Hayes reference, but we also brought up Michael Jordan and Tim Tebow. And there aren't very many places where those five names are, are ever going to be uttered in the same, same podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.